that. Well, I've got a message this morning. Who's ready for the Word of God? Yes. Six people. Who's ready for the Word of God? That's better. That's better. And uh, we're gonna, I've got a title of my message this morning. It's something really been speaking to me and I just pray would encourage all of us as a church family this morning. The title of my message is Overwhelmed But Choosing to Believe. Overwhelmed But Choosing to Believe. You don't have to raise your hand, but who's felt overwhelmed recently? Yes. Some people are like, yeah, I got no shame in that. That's, that's me. He said, I don't have to raise my hand, but I'm raising it. Maybe it's something minor, which is overwhelming you. I don't know. Maybe it's a work situation. Maybe business is growing or maybe something's not happening how you want it to be. I don't know, but maybe it's something from work. Maybe it's a family problem. We've all got those, right? Maybe it's a money situation and everyone said, amen, right? Right. There's lots of things that can overwhelm us. I don't know what is going on, but many of us, we're all facing different issues. So today I want to encourage you, it's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's not a sin, it's not something that's uh, a bad thing. It's not helpful for us, it's not a great feeling. It's okay to feel it, but I want to encourage you, in the midst of that overwhelmed, choose to believe in Jesus. Choose to trust in Him in your situation. Don't turn away and try and fight What's causing this on your own, don't fight it on your own. You can have a confidence today that the pain and the hurt that's coming from your challenge, that it won't last forever. Can I get an amen? And that you can be taught something through adversity if you don't give up and you choose to believe in God. So overwhelmed but choosing to believe. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, that we are going to receive from your word. Father, just as we ask you to receive our praise, I pray this morning, Lord, that we would now receive from you, from your Holy Spirit, that you would inspire us, encourage us, Lord, and in the midst of our challenge, our situation, our adversity, that, Lord, we wouldn't stay in a place of being overwhelmed, but we would choose to believe in Jesus. Lord, that we would choose to put our thoughts on your thoughts, on who you are, on your goodness. And I pray this morning, anyone here feeling overwhelmed by a challenge or a situation or a medical diagnosis or work or whatever it is, let that be broken. Let there be breakthrough now in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, even though we're overwhelmed, we're choosing to believe in you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. So in the book of Mark chapter 9, it will come on the screen soon, not just yet, but Jesus had just returned from the Mount of Transfiguration. We've heard that story, right? He goes up on the mountain. and So he's coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration and he comes down to find a large crowd surrounding the disciples. Now there's an argument taking place and people are fired up. There's, there's accusations going on, there's different things happening and Jesus comes down and he's trying to find out what's going on and a man comes to him and says, there's an issue that's going on where uh, the disciples have been trying to cast out a demon from this man's son but the disciples had failed in their attempt. So this man's explaining to Jesus, hey, the disciples tried to pray, but nothing came out. The demon's still in my son. Jesus turns to them in Mark 9. He says, you unbelieving generation. I don't know if he's talking just directly to the disciples, but others as well. And it's one of those moments where you think 
the boss would be happy with you, but he's not. And he really goes hard in it. And you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And Jesus says to him, how long shall I put up with you? Imagine Jesus saying that to you, right? You wouldn't feel great, would you? So then he says, bring the boy to me. So there's this big argument. The man explains. Jesus comes down. He finds out what's going on. And he says, bring the boy to me. And this is where we pick up in Mark chapter 9. It says, so they brought the boy. Sorry, Mark 9, verse 20 to 24. They brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent, violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. What an interesting story, right? Now, the, the good news is Jesus heals the boy. That's, we already know that part, right? We already know that part. The part I want to focus on, the dominant, the dominant theme in this passage is about faith and doubt. It's about faith and doubt. And I wish I could say that once we believe in God, then we will never have problems in our life again. Who would love that? Who would like, oh, I believe in Jesus. All my problems are gone. But the truth is that is not the case. The reality of life is that we all have to deal with the ups and downs of life. Things go our way. Things don't go our way. Things happen for us. Things don't happen for us. But today I want to speak into the idea that when we are overwhelmed, we have to choose to believe in Him. I've just got three simple points, but I pray, I really pray that you would take this to heart and that you would go, because I know all of us are feeling or have moments where we're feeling overwhelmed. Amen? And if you're here not feeling overwhelmed and you're just sweet with life, then fly around the room and we will worship you, okay? Right, Because all of us have moments where we're feeling overwhelmed, but it's what we do in those moments which is important. So the first thing I want to talk about is stick with what you know. When I read this scripture, I resonated with the father in the story. Did anyone else? I feel horrible for the boy. I feel for the father too. He opens up to Jesus. He shows this vulnerability to God about the situation he's in. And I think we can all learn from this father. He says to Jesus in Mark 9, in verse 24, and this is the one that's so interesting, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. That sounds like all of us, right? Has anyone acted like this? Like, Jesus, help me. I, I believe in you, but help me with my unbelief. It's like, a, it's like a paradox, right? Like we don't, it doesn't sound right, but... Put it this way, maybe this year hasn't been easy for you. And you've chose to come to church this morning, your church every week, and you're having the worst year of your life. Don't put your hand up, it's okay. You don't have to be that vulnerable this morning. Right? But you could be in a situation where you're saying, well, I've, I, I'm coming every week, but my breakthrough is not coming. I've come every week, I still haven't found my husband. Right, ladies? I've come every week, I still don't have a job. I've come every week, Lord. I'm here faithfully, 
I'm still sick. Like we all face challenges which cause us to deal with this unbelief and have doubts about God. I'm a Christian, but why is my life so difficult? Why do I keep sinning? Why can't I do what's right? Am I speaking to someone this morning? Does this sound like you? Because it sounds like me sometimes, right? Why isn't the breakthrough coming, Lord? Has anyone asked this? God, are you really there? Come on. Do you really love me? Because I, I can say it, but I don't know if I feel it. And this is the one, right? God, can you actually help? Can you actually help me? Are you able to help? Now, I want to again say, it's not wrong to feel these things. Like We all feel them. It's what we do when we feel them is what's important. And it's in these moments where we need to stick with what we know. We need to remind ourselves, remind yourself of God's promises. That He loves you. That He cares for you. That He's Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. Remind yourself of the prayers that He's answered in your life before. We need to stick with what we know, right? We need to remind ourselves of what He's done in your life before. When you start to do this, when you actively choose to remind yourself of how God has come through before uh, for you in the past, what that does is it starts to quiet the raging questions of doubt. You know, we are all like this Father. And I believe Jesus uses this example in the book of Mark to teach us and to teach his disciples. It's actually futile to trust in anything else. It's futile in our life to put our trust, to put our hope, to put our faith in anything else in life other than Jesus. We need to stick with what you know, even in the tough times. My second point is we need to teach ourselves to continue to reach for Him. So stick with what you know. I think that's the most important. Sometimes it's hard to reach for God when we don't remind ourselves of how good He is. And then when we do... We actively need to humble ourselves and reach for Him. I think some of us don't like that. Well, oh, I, don't, I don't like the sound of that. But we need to reach for Him. We need to put our hands out. And I think parents can relate when I talk about this. When you have kids, you automatically get a free gym membership. Parents, amen. Like my, my biceps are growing. Maybe not as big as what I want them to be, but they're growing, I'm telling you. Like my shoulders, my back, like it's constantly picking up. It's kind of like the, the girls do this sign. I'm like, use your words. They're like, no, I don't want to. They just keep whacking and touching. And I'm like, just use, I'm trying to teach them. But as a parent, your back, your biceps, your shoulders, your legs, everything gets a workout. You're constantly picking up or, or grabbing your kids as they reach out for you. And what's interesting is with kids is I think they act, how they act, sorry, is how we should be like with God. Their, their default setting is to reach out for their father or reach out for their parent. But because we're adults, I think we seem to forget that our faith should start as childlike. We forget that our faith should start as childlike. My kids don't go, oh, I'll do it myself. Because when they do, and then they go, I can't do it, Daddy. I need your help. 
And I think that's it. they've got the awareness to go, I can't fix this. So they reach for the parent. You know, even though we, when we mature as believers and, and our kids will mature and they start to learn things from themselves, we still go to our parents for stuff. We still talk to them about things. So yes, I can, I've got the ability and I've been taught to how to do things. So we get that from God, right? We start to mature and learn how to navigate situations through the power of the Holy Spirit. But there's still moments where we need to reach out for Him. We never lose that childlike relationship to God the Father. Like a child reaches for a parent when they're scared, we should be choosing to reach for God through prayer and worship, reminding ourselves that He's bigger than our situation. When we reach, like the girls will come when the dog barks or lightning goes or something is a loud bang. uh, I don't like, you know, exposing my children, so like sharing their names, but I already said Lily, right? Lily hates balloons popping. She hears a balloon pop. She's freaking out. She's running. Ah! 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 She's running, running. So there's things that scare them. Their default is to run to the parent. The default is to run to the parent. How many times do things go wrong and yet we go, I should really try and fix this myself, right? I should try and figure this out. And our default should be to run to God. When the situation gets tough, get on your knees. When the situation's hard and you don't know how to fix it, put on the worship music. Get into the Word. Try and find from Him How are you going to get through the situation? Because I guarantee we cannot do it ourselves. We need to remind ourselves through the Word of God that in Him we can find everything that we need and it's how and why it's important to turn to God. Philippians 4 verse 6. These are all going to come up. There's going to be quick fire, right? Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, good and bad. 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 John 5:14. this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And Luke 18, verse 27, Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. The Bible tells us what we should do in every scenario. When you reach for Him and you remind yourself of who He is, there's comfort through the challenges. Amen? Through the trial, there's hope and light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, someone in church put on their WhatsApp story. So please, when you post scriptures and all that, don't be ashamed. It's great. I was encouraged by something I read through someone's WhatsApp story. I think it's Craig Grishel says, Our unknown future is in the hands of an all-knowing God. Come on. Our unknown future is in the hands of an all-knowing God. Overwhelmed but choosing to believe means that whatever you suffer in the end can be used for your ultimate good. Come on, overwhelmed but choosing to believe means that what you suffer can be turned around and used for your good. Someone's like, I don't want to hear this this morning. I don't like this. No, with the right mindset and with the right attitude, sticking to what you know, 
reaching out for God, you can grow through your trial. You don't just have to go through it. You can start to grow through your trial. James 1, verse 2 to 4. One of my favorite scriptures of all time. You're going to say, why is this one of your favorite scriptures? This, honestly, I remember, I think it was 2016, probably the most powerful moments where I had God, I felt like it was the Holy Spirit, audible voice, speak to me. I was the, one of the biggest revelations I got. And I remember this, James 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Hang on a minute. Trials make me better. Hmm? Trials make me stronger. Going through hardships... Make me more perfect. Hmm? This doesn't sound right. And, and sometimes pastors, we've done a bad job or poor job of saying, this is going to be your year. There's a new car coming. Right? And I tr- we try and draw you in by saying all the good things. But actually, it's through the tri- trials and challenges which make you perfect and complete. Why? Because we start to emulate what Jesus went through. Trials and challenges yet was without sin. Our faith starts to endure and we start to grow and we become more complete and mature. Not through someone taking us out of the trial. You know, Come to me, I will pray. Sometimes my prayer is more like help them get through it than take the scenario away. Because maybe this... The challenge is the very thing God is using to grow and develop you so that you're going to be able to launch into the future that he's got for you. But I don't want to take you out of it. I will pray that God will help you get through it. It's My job as a pastor, like I said, is not to take away your problems or to take you out of the situation. You need to face it because it's what will make you stronger. Choosing to believe God, not being overwhelmed, but choosing to believe, is pushing through even when things are incredibly tough. And that's the type of belief that God wants from us. Believing in God can sometimes seem and make you look silly, right? Someone's like, well, why, why don't you just change career or why don't you just do this or do that? No, I'm choosing to believe in God that he's going to provide for me. I know many people who have passed on big careers and pay rises and other things because they didn't want to jeopardize their relationship with God for a job or a career. You know, I read a quote, I thought it was really good. It says, it's better to make smart choices even if you look stupid than to make stupid choices that make you look smart. Come on. It's better to make smart choices even if you look stupid than to make stupid choices that make you look smart. So many times we try and reach for something else. Oh, maybe it's the new church which is going to make me feel better. Maybe, oh, the grass is greener over that side. 
The grass is greener on the other side. Oh, if I just changed jobs, or if I just got a relationship, or if I just did this, or if I just had the money, I wouldn't be facing these issues. Or if I just did this, the problem is, wherever you go, there you are. There you are. We're always surrounded by ourselves and our own problems. So it's not so much changing the external. And yet I'm not saying nothing on the outside can change how your life goes, right? So I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you're totally reliant on external factors to bring you happiness, satisfaction and joy, then we've missed the point. Yes, they can help. Like if someone said, oh, I'll give you, don't have to change anything. I'll just give you an extra... Uh, you know, 200,000 quattro, yes, oh, yes, please. I'll take that, right? We'd be silly not to take it. Oh, I, you don't have to do anything. Continue to do this. I'll just give you a million dollars. Gina, are you going to take it? Definitely, right? So we're not, we're not saying that you just like nothing external is, like everything external is bad. That's not what I'm saying. But when we put all of our faith, hope and trust in external factors, to make us feel something which only God can feel, then that's when we will face problems. How can people in the most dire situations have amazing joy and happiness and a, and, and a love for life when others who have everything are struggling with substance abuse, suicidal thoughts and all of these things? It's not everything on the outside which makes you happy. So you can be overwhelmed, but choosing to believe. So reach for Him, even in your unbelief, choose to reach for Him. Amen? And my last point is this, is reach for help. Reach for the help of others. So remind yourself, stick to what you know. God, you're the one. I'm going to reach for you. And in the midst of that, we need to also reach for help from others. I think sometimes we avoid asking for help out of fear because we think that that admits failure. Oh, I'm a failure if I ask for help. If I, if I ask for help, oh, I'm a failure. But I think, sorry, we think I should be able to handle this on my own. I'm supposed to succeed by myself. I just need to push through. But the truth is God created us with a need for help. Asking for help doesn't make you a failure. Can I get an amen? Asking for help doesn't make you a failure. Asking for help isn't admitting failure, but it's recognizing that it's the way that God made us. It's acknowledging our own inadequacy that allows God to work in our lives. What does the Bible say? Humble yourself. And God will take care of you. Humble yourself, for He cares for you. Pride is the antidote to humility. Pride, this, I can do it by myself. I should be able to succeed. And this is like righteous pride. Like, no, God's with me. I can do it. But it's God and others. We've talked about community, right? God created us with a need for help. Let me say this. God created Adam with a need for help from another person before sin came in. So as a perfect human, without sin, God said he needs help. It's not a post-sin way of looking at things. God created Adam with a need for help from another person 
pre-sin. He created Eve with this purpose in mind. We Many of us don't get because we don't ask. But God created us with a need for help. Genesis 2. It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Sometimes we need to ask for prayer. Sometimes we need to seek counsel from a friend or a leader or you know a pastor. There's no shame in getting help. You know that we call, what are we what's one thing that we're called as a church? The body we're called the body of Christ. That's a name for us, the body of Christ. Building each other up is what we're called to do. If anything, scripture commands it. Scripture commands that we help one another. That we don't just say, oh, go on then, you and God, go and do it. No, it's we help. Just because I say I'm not going to take you out of a situation doesn't mean that I can't pray with you and help you and stand with you. I'm not saying do it by yourself. I'm saying I'll be there with you, but I'm not going to take you out of the situation. You can help by praying, by believing, by standing with them, by sending messages of encouragement. We can do that. It's not saying just do it by yourself. No, you've got to grow through it, but I will be there with you every step of the way. Amen. Galatians 6 verse 2, Scripture commands that we help one another. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Come on. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When you ask someone to help you bear a burden, you're giving them an opportunity to serve God and share Christ's love with you. Come on. When you ask for help, you're actually giving someone an opportunity to serve the Lord. You might think they're helping you. They're actually doing service for the Lord. And the truth is we're all a body and we all have different strengths. Like I, I, I laughed that Pastor Lisa and I are so different. Like I will, if I can be honest, darling, Pastor Lisa likes to see things that need to change. Oh, this could have been different. Oh, that could have been different. Oh, we should have done this. I'm the opposite. How was that? Oh, it was great. That was amazing. Oh, that was so good. She's like, oh, did you, what about this? Oh, oh, yeah, worry about that another time. That's all good. Now, I'm not saying I'm right, right? I've got things I need to work on, but it's funny how indifferent, and, but what's good is there's moments where pastors will start to go, oh, but this, this, and this. I'm like, darling, let's see the joy in it. Look how great this was. Look at how great that was. And the flip side is she'll do the same for me. Sometimes when I'm like, oh, I didn't like this. And she's like, no, there was this and this and this that happened. And we help build each other up after something's gone on. But we need that from each other. When you're struggling, you need that someone who can come alongside you and help, who's got different strengths than what you do. I remember I I was terrible with craftsmanship. And I've told this story probably many times. I was doing a job for my dad where I uh, I was trying to fix a shed. And I was trying to figure it out and I had, I had to humble myself, call my older brother who is, he's more Jesus than I am when it comes to carpentry, right? He's unbelievable. And I called him, I said, El, I need help. He came and helped me. What, I, what would have taken me three days to do, he did in about an hour. I was so jealous of him. God, why didn't you give me those gifts? 
But it's the same like that, just like in my family, people have different gifts. Just like that, we as a church have different gifts. And when we're feeling overwhelmed, what do we need to do? We need to reach out for help. We need to choose to believe in Jesus and pray, Lord, you will put the right people around me to help me in my situation. Get up, trust in God, believe in Him, even as you're overwhelmed. And He will produce in you a contentment, a peace which surpasses all understanding. Amen.